0: Tom Armentano is one of the heroes of the uh, revival of Austrian economics. Uh, and I'll start out by saying that, but I probably don't need to say it because the reason we're here is celebrating his uh, his book and his, and his work. Uh, and in trying to make that argument, I, I want to cover three, uh, three things uh, as I'm talking here. Uh, first of all, I, I want to talk about his his book, The Myths of Antitrust, uh, as a book about antitrust. Uh, second of all, I want to talk about it, uh, as a book in Austrian economics. Uh, and finally, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the intellectual environment in economics at the time the book was, uh, was written, uh, because I think that it, it makes it a little bit more impressive to think about, uh, about the book along those lines. Um, if we uh, if we think about the 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 book along the lines of uh, a book on antitrust uh i mean you got to say it holds up pretty darn well after 40 years i mean you read it the arguments seem fresh uh you know he goes through and and discusses and dissects uh the uh, antitrust cases so the book uh really holds up pretty well uh in defending the idea that uh, that antitrust laws are uh against the public interest uh now and of course it's interesting to, to uh, consider the degree to which arguments uh, uh along those lines are persuasive uh when i talk to my own students i tell my students if you want to understand why any policy exists don't ask why is this in the public interest ask yourself who benefits from this policy, and how much political power do they have uh, so that 's an argument that uh, sort of suggests that um, it's interests rather than than uh, ideas that are important, uh, and I guess as academics we might Rebel against that a little bit. Uh, and I'm thinking on the other side, there's that famous passage at the end of John Maynard Keynes's General Theory, uh, where Keynes says the, the ideas of economists and political philosophers are more powerful than is commonly understood. Indeed, the world is ruled by little else. Uh, and I try to articulate that clearly. Indeed, the world is ruled by little else. Uh, Because my uh, former colleague, Roger Garrison, tells this story. Uh, He used that quotation in class. He uh, uh, used that quotation from Keynes in class. And then later on in an exam, uh, he relates back that a student writes on his exam, uh, the world is ruled by little elves. Uh, So... (laughs) And I have to say, you know, economics probably in general isn't that funny. And I'll say, given, given Roger some credit, every funny thing I know about economics I heard from, from Roger. Uh, so, uh, so, you know, I mean, so it's interesting to consider, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, which is more influential, ideas, or special interests. But I do think, I do think they, those, uh, they go together. That, uh, I've seen, I, um, I live in Tallahassee, Florida, the capital of Florida. Uh, and I do interact with the state legislature now and again. And I do see the power of special interests. Uh, but I also see that in general on issues, there are people on both sides. And I think the people who are on both sides have their own interests. But they need arguments to back those interests up. And so uh if uh, if we can come up with the ideas and present the ideas sometimes that can help the interests that are on the right side. Uh, in fact, I, I, I'm remembering from my own experience having a, a legislator call me up, a Florida legislator call me up, because he read something that I had written, and he said, we're holding hearings on this subject and so forth, and I've got this thing that you wrote, and he starts reading me over the phone. You said this and that and that and that. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, and he said, I want you to come down to our committee and say that. Uh, and so I did, um, but and you know when you think about at the way that academics are used in the policy process, um, it's not that. Uh, Gosh, here's a college professor. This guy is so smart. Let's hear what he has to say. No, it's not that at all. <laughs> you know, it's that you know here's somebody who has the appearance of neutrality because he's an academic, and he's going to say something that bolsters my case, and so I'm going to try to get him to come down and give an argument that, that works on, on my, uh, on my side. Uh, and so, uh, again, when I think about the ideas, I, we, we look at Dom's book as a book on, on antitrust, and one of the things that, that Dom talked about when he was, t- uh, giving his talk about the book was maybe he made a mistake, uh, by saying that we, um, ought to just abolish and i trust laws but but i don't think that's the case and because if you leave the laws in place uh that just opens the door for special interests down the road and so i think um uh really the the you know the the best thing to do is to is to abolish the laws uh and um uh, also i don't know you know how much you want to be used as a foil or, or or something but if you take an extreme view that makes people who are edging toward your view look like middle of the road, so, uh, but, uh, anyways, when you, th- when you think about the influence of ideas, you know, I think, uh, the book, the book holds up really well, uh, uh, when you read it, it's, it gives good solid arguments, uh, and, uh, and so it's, uh, a masterpiece in, in, uh, antitrust. I want to think a little bit about the book also as a book in Austrian economics because it definitely has a solid Austrian foundation. Uh, and if you uh, if you read the Myths of Antitrust, you look on the first page of the book and there's a, a footnote on the first page of the book that uh, references some uh, influences and uh, the influences uh, Ludwig von Mises, Murray rothbard, and uh, Alchian and Alan. How did those guys get in there? Are... <laughs> no. Um, but, uh, I mean, right on the first page of the book, you know, you see where where he's coming from and, and uh, Mises and Rothbard uh, there. And uh, the uh, there at the beginning of the book, let me just read a little bit um, uh, out of the book which I hope I can read because it's written in my handwriting and I'm not reading the book. Uh, but um, uh, just to, to get a flavor for the theoretical foundation, um, uh, Dom says, uh, in the real world, as apart from economic fantasy, uh, competition is a dynamic process where firms to sustain their existence must understand and exploit consumer demand discover and employ economic resources, and adopt and employ technological change in order to meet the thrusts of the ever-changing market forces initiated by consumers, factors of production, or by one's economic rivals. Competition is an endless series of differentiations and is as far from the docile and calm homogeneity assumptions as imaginable. Uh, differentiations of product, of service, of quality, of convenience, of advertising, of technology, of innovation, and of price are the very essence of market competition rather than imperfections or departures from some presumed ideal equilibrium. So you see, uh, you know, from the... the uh, uh, references of, uh, of, of people in of the Austrian school, you see this Austrian foundation in the book. Uh, but that's a small part of the book. So we start out, we have this foundation, and then in what I think is just a model of the way that Austrian economics, doesn't always have to be approached, but a good approach for doing research in Austrian economics, uh, then Dom takes these ideas to all these antitrust cases. And so the bulk of the book is really, let's, let's look at the facts. Uh, so he's got facts about the cases. Let's look at the cases. Let's look at what was said about them. Let's look at how these cases were actually decided. And so uh, starting from this Austrian foundation book is actually looking at real public policy issues using real facts uh, you know and I think sometimes um, there's a tendency in Research in Austrian economics to be perhaps overly theoretical, you know, and say, "Well, you know, here's our theory, and here's why the neoclassical theory is wrong." And okay, fine, but what difference does that make? And if we're talking about antitrust policy, that's what Dom's book says. Here's what difference that makes, and he's looking at actual policies to uh, to illustrate that. So. So um, I, I think, you know, we can look, as uh, as I first wanted to do, look at the book as a book on antitrust, but think about it as a book in Austrian economics, and when you look at it that way, it's a really good model for the way that we ought to be doing research in Austrian economics. I think that's another reason why the book has held up so well for 40 years. Um, and... Um, the final thing that I, I wanted to talk about is the, uh, the academic and intellectual environment in, in, economics at the time that the book was, uh, was written. Uh, and I think Roy made some reference to this, the difference between what things were like in 1972 and 1982, uh, when the, when the second book, uh, came out. But, um, uh, when you look at the at the evolution of the Austrian school, and you go back to 1972 or back to the 60s when you started writing the book, um, the Austrian school was almost non-existent. I mean, I think if you get you get right in the middle of the 20th century, and that's probably not exaggerating too much to say there was one Austrian economist, which was Ludwig von Mises. Uh, we could talk about, I mean, there are other, other people we could talk about. Um, you know, Hayek was still around, but he'd sort of moved to other, other things, hut. Um, I mean, but really, Ludwig von Mises was, was the core of the school and maybe the Austrian school. If he wasn't there, we might not be here today. Uh, and from there, uh, there were a few students of, Mises, uh, who were, uh, doing some work in Austrian economics. Of course, Kirzner and Rothbard are two of the, 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 giants. Uh, so they were doing work, but they were doing work, um, more or less in isolation. I mean, they were, they were putting out their work, but there really wasn't an, an Austrian school as such. Uh, and I think, as Roy noted some of the facts, I mean, there was a big Austrian uh, revival that started in the 1970s. with the There was a conference in South Royalton, and then the conference that uh, Dom organized in Hartford the next year. Uh, so there was really a big revival in Austrian economics so that the school starts rebuilding as we move through the 70s into the 80s and, and 90s. Uh, uh, to today, but if you go back to when this book was written, that intellectual infrastructure wasn't there. So there were a few books, and you know, uh, uh, Murray's book was was cited. Uh, so there were a few books, but there just wasn't that Austrian school that was there. And I mean, one of the things I'm kind of interested in, Dom, is how did you run across this stuff, <laughs> and 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 how was it that, uh, that you know you were uh, captivated by it in order to use that as a foundation for your ideas because i, I mean at the time um now um uh, when i was in i was an economics major in college i actually graduated from college in 1972 when the book was was published and as a college student uh, an economics major i never heard of any of this stuff you know i mean it was never presented in class there wasn't you know, uh, so I mean, today uh, the Austrian school is prominent enough. If you read the New York Times, Paul Krugman is criticizing the school. Uh, but go back to the seventies, nobody would have even heard of it. Nobody would have made, made uh, mention of it. So, so, so Dom really wrote this book. This book was published when there was pretty much of a vacuum. You know, there a few works around, but not really a, a, an Austrian school as such. Uh, and so. Uh, when you look at the revival of the Austrian school, really, one of the key books in it, what is the myth of antitrust? That, um, you, I mean, you can look at, at the work of people like Mises, like Rothbard, like Kirzner, and they're laying the foundation, but really, a model for what the Austrian school can do, what we can do as Austrian economists, that, that book really serves very well and so that's um uh one of the reasons why i was saying you know dom is is one of one of the heroes of the austrian revival one of the people who's put out you know a solid work that's endured for 40 years and has served as a model for the rest of the school uh and so you know now we look around i mean look at the building here the mises institute the the people who uh who are here at the conference uh and um I know a lot of people who were at that South Royalton conference. Daughtering up to this stage, and so uh, you know, and there's a whole new generation of Austrian scholars who are uh, who are uh, uh, following on, but there just wasn't that kind of intellectual infrastructure at the time that Dom's book was written. So he was putting out a book that didn't really have a support group, didn't really have the the intellectual infrastructure. Uh, so it was a pretty courageous thing to put out the book and to and and to pursue this uh, this line of reasoning. Uh, so, um, you know, I think you you can look at Dom's work at, at several levels. Like I said, and what I've tried to do in the time that I have uh, have had allotted, you know, think about it as a book on antitrust, great book. Think about it as a model for the way that we should be doing research in Austrian economics. It's a great book, and think about. The environment at the time when the when the book was written, and it's even more miraculous that Don was able to come up with the with the book and and write the book. So um, uh, I'll close with that. But I will say, uh, you know, I, I do have that lingering question about what was it that brought this work to your attention, and why is it that you decided to, to pursue that? Again, reflecting on my own education, especially as an undergraduate, where you know these ideas were so far below water that I'd never heard of it until I got to graduate school. And I will say, when I got to graduate school, I didn't hear about it from my professors either. I had some some, uh, fellow graduate students who'd run across the work and was exposed uh, by them. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Dom, for the book.